Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday. That means it's time for the Wrestling Inc. Monday Night Raw after show. And have we got a show for you? We've got people who are in Elimination Chamber. Our truth is out of Judgment Day. And Becky Lynch's child had to learn about the dark side of Moana. But before we get into all of that, of course, let me introduce the crew. I'm being joined, as always, by Justin Labar and Jimmy Corderas. Justin, this, I feel like, should be a holiday, the day after Super Bowl. I mean, this, is it, a, let's just make it official here. It's a holiday, right? Yeah, I mean, like, over 100 million people partook in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that's enough to to warrant no school, no work. It's going to happen, though, because they're going to end up adding more games the NFL schedule, and that's going to push everything back. And if they, if they push back one more weekend, next Monday's President's Day, so we're already off anyway. So that that that's how it's all going to work out here in the states. They really, they really need to do that. They really need to just bring it all together, Jimmy. Um, I know that you're in Canada. Maybe the NFL doesn't have quite the impact there, but oh, it does. you know, you're our northern neighbors. You guys should have the day off too. Um, yeah, but we have it off next Monday as well, but they call it family day up here. And uh, why not have two nights of Super Bowl? If they can do two nights of WrestleMania, why not two nights of Super Bowl? I don't know. <laughs> come back and play again. No, I think you have the loser's bracket. Uh, the, <laughs> on, on the first... <laughs> yeah, uh, but, uh... but but NFL is very popular. Super Bowl parties all over the place. Uh, they love it. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, and like... I don't know if I've told you guys, big Tennessee Titans fan because I was a big Houston Oilers, Houston Oilers mm -hmm. fan from back in the day and uh, just stuck with the franchise, you know? Well, you know, I always say as a Seahawks fan, offseason starts now. Let's build to the championship, baby. Mm -hmm. I'm not holding my breath, but mm -hmm. I still have that attitude going into it. There uh, you go. You know, uh, Justin, speaking of football, I have a little question I want to throw your way as everyone lines up. And everyone, by the way, uh, like, comment, share, subscribe. Uh, Mike Rouse saying, Jack, there's no school on Wednesday for the parade here in Kansas City, as there should not be. Everyone should be at the parade. Uh, are they going to rename it uh, Taylor Swift Day? They should. She's. I mean, I'm. Yeah. I, I'm really glad that she had the chance to win the Super Bowl. I think that was the most <laughs> important thing. Is uh, I just. I kind of wish that instead of interviewing people like the owner and the CEO and Mahomes and everyone, they should have let her ho hoist the Lombardi and just chat with Taylor for a little bit right after the game. You See, know? it's all. It's all fun. And I. And I. For, uh, first off, I'm one of those people. I'm fine with them showing her. I. I, I mean, I. It brings new people in to watch the game. I don't care. But I'm gonna tell you this. Pressure's on, old 87 there. Old Travis, pressure's on because now, <clears throat> brother, if you don't make this relationship work, if it doesn't get to the finish line, all those Swifty bandwagon fans that's made, that, that, that's jumped on the Chiefs bandwagon, <laughs> you are going to be a heel amongst heels. Mm -hmm. You know what I was actually thinking? Perf, this is, this is like, you know, they break up. She writes just a scathing breakup song about him, and then she performs it at the Super Bowl halftime show while he's there <laughs> trying to win a third one. That was my fantasy book. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and, he, and he cuts a promo calling all the all the haters out there Swifty crybabies, you know. Right. As, as Jack, as The Rock would say, that's booking the long play. That's yeah. booking. 
that's that's how I, that's all I'm thinking about. Um, but uh, yeah, fun, fun, fun game. Um, I really enjoyed it. But just I had this speaking of football, I had this this question I want to run by you, and it's we haven't talked about it. It's not on the rundown. I'm I I I, I saw today that since beating John Cena. Solo Sokoa has not won a single match. And it made me think. It made me look back. Besides Roman Reigns, the last five people to beat John Cena in singles matches on television are Solo Sokoa, Austin Theory, uh, Bray Wyatt, um, Shinsuke Nakamura, of, of all people. And, um, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on the last one. It was... Uh, um, did you, say, well, did, you, did you say Roman? Besides Roman Reigns, the, mm -hmm. the last five people who who beat him, I, I had it written down here. Triple H was the other Triple one. H. Yeah. So Triple H. Speaking of, speaking of those names, now obviously Bray Wyatt has his, his own things that have happened, but is beating John Cena kind of becoming the new Madden curse? It seems like <laughs> all the guys that have beaten him one-on-one, -on -one, you because know, Shinsuke beat him in a number one contenders match, by the way. I looked this up on cage match. These are wow. the last ones. Beat him in a number one contenders match. Hasn't really been in that picture since. Triple H, obviously not quite there anymore. Uh, now you look at Austin Theory. You look at uh, Solo Sokoa. Is, is beating John Cena one-on-one -on -one the new Madden curse? Well, the way things have transpired, I mean, you could draw that connection. I mean, Solo will be fine, though. He'll he'll Solo, Solo's... He's, he's the quiet enforcer who has... Who has mm -hmm. Yeah, the throne coming to him at some point. Uh, it's hard for me to feel bad for John Cena and his life. Bray Wyatt, <laughs> Bray Wyatt obviously tragic uh, situation yes. there. Triple yeah. H alive and running the company creatively, but obviously unfortunate that his health took the turn it did. He can't perform. Yeah, I mean, so I guess for Nakamura in theory, I'll feel bad for them. <laughs> uh, I, I will say, though, Mike, Mike uh, cutting me down here saying Shin won tonight, I guess. Yes, it did. Much needed. Finally. Much needed. Uh, and baby, I says, who doesn't love sports curses? <laughs> yes, uh, it depends how it plays out for you. But um, someone who had some pretty good news, speaking of football, uh, this past week, uh, former WCW Horseman member. And I should say for everyone who's here, we're trying out a little different format this week. So let us know in the chat, by the way, what you think of the format and how you feel the show goes. Um, we're, we're trying something new out here at Wrestling Inc. Uh, and we're going to start with talking about WCW Four Horsemen member Steve Mongo McMichael getting elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Jimmy, I know, uh, did you have a lot of interactions with Mongo? Um, in any case, I, I feel like most of his time was uh, WCW. WCW, yeah. And at the time of the uh, purchase, it, it, there wasn't really much interaction with him. So I didn't get a chance. I got to meet him and say hello. That pretty much that's it. And, you, you know, he was friendly enough. But uh, like you said, I didn't have a lot of interaction with the man. So. Yeah, um, it's really cool to see this, Justin. The uh, now I'm gonna be honest with you, Justin. I was an NWO guy, so I hated Mongo because <laughs> Mongo was always fighting the NWO. Uh, I hated him when I when I used to watch him back in the day because of that. Um, but obviously, a legend on the football field, and just very cool that he gets to have this honor. Yeah, it is. Uh, I I've never got to meet him in any capacity. I remember him fondly growing up. I remember, you know, he was a big part of the angle for WrestleMania 11 with Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam Bigelow of him being one of the NFL All Pro guys, and um, he did. He he was out of all of them, aside from LT, out of all of the uh, backup that LT had, <clears throat> Mongo was definitely the most active in terms of physically. I think his guy that he paired off with was Kama. Hmm. 
I think it was comma. And then, you know, he, you know, he, he had to gift for gab and then he, you know, went over to WCW and, uh, you know, he did, you know, he did good on commentary, got to be a horseman. I mean, so that, you know, that's not something many people get to say you do. Um, so very entertaining. I never got to meet him. My co-host on Sundays busted open Jonathan hood. Um, Jonathan also is on uh sports morning radio there in Chicago and, and, and has got to work and have experiences with Mongo had nothing but positive things to say about him. So yeah, really happy to see that he's, getting this honor and uh, around to experience it yeah it's it's of, of course it's great that he's there to to experience and be a part of it i would say you got to give people their flowers while you can um but yeah I, I say i hated him now i think if i was to watch him now if if i was at my age now watching i'm like this guy's great this guy's fantastic uh but of course like i said when i was younger i was like no he's on the team i don't like so i don't like this guy uh but that's always good you want people who are uh, definitely interested and you're invested in, of course, again, uh, mm-hmm. 85. He was 85 bears. Was he not? I, was he one of those 85 bears guys? I can't Ooh. remember. Uh, he, played for the pa- he played for the Packers yeah. and the bears. I uh, yeah. Uh, mostly for the bears, but I, uh, he did at the end, I think the, the end of his career, he was with the Packers. Yeah. Montez saying Mongo was a wonderful character. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, by the way, Christopher Finley backing me up here saying uh, the rock only has one victory since defeating Cena. And that was Eric Rowan. Mm, maybe the, uh, the curse is, uh, is, is holding true here. I will yes, say though, yes, the he, exception, was, he, was, he was on the 85 bears. Uh, so, well, I mean, come on. I mean, what a, what a unit that was. Um, the, again, we talk about Super Bowls though. We talk about, how uh, great yesterday was. What a lot of people watch the Super Bowl for is, of course, those commercials. And there were a couple of commercials that really stood out. Uh, and one was the Stone Cold Steve Austin growing a mullet for uh, Kawasaki. And then Jade Cargill in the new Mountain Dew Super Bowl ad. Uh, Jimmy, did you watch Super Bowl? Did you see his commercials? Yeah, I saw those commercials. I thought that was great. It, it's it's amazing that Jade got to be in the, in the Mountain Dew one because, you know, it just shows how much they have uh, invested in her. You know, why Jade of all the women on the roster? Because it makes her look like a superstar coming in, which is one of the reasons why I kind of feel bad that she was debuted in that Royal Rumble and didn't, because it almost felt like now she should have won it, it's, it, so to speak. And and the one with the Kawasaki with, with, with Stone Cold Steve Austin, whoever those guys were driving that Kawasaki by Steve when, when, when he was hitting that rock, when I'm out cutting the grass, drive by, please, I can use it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. He's like, thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, just a, a fun, Justin, these were fun commercials. Uh, it was great to see Stone Cold back in. There shows the kind of star that Stone Cold is that I always say he hasn't really been at the level he was at for like 20 years, but people still just know who he is and it still works to have him in spots like this. But also, as Jimmy mentioned, Jade Cargill, um, could, a lot of people could have been in that spot. Jade Cargill was the one they, they had there. Yeah. I mean, Stone Cold, always an entertainer. Never, he just he never gets old. He's, he's still, he's still as quick as he ever was. And, you know, fantastic look with the mullet, uh, especially if you, can remember seeing him back in the day when he did have hair, long blonde hair. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Jade, I mean, good. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a little bit like what Jimmy said. You know, I debated about this a lot with the Rumble of like, you know, should Jade even appear in the Rumble if she's not going to win it? Um, she did. And I still, th- I do think they, they managed to preserve her pretty well for the fact that she didn't win it. They, she still, she didn't really lose her luster. Like she, she came home so close, but 
know, I thought I thought they protected her, as as we would say in the wrestling business. Um, but yeah, I mean, you God, you see her in a Super Bowl commercial. Inevitably, she's going to debut with regularity at some point this calendar year on WWE programming, Raw or SmackDown. That'll be the great bidding war there. Uh, the pressure is on. I think I think that she's by the way she speaks about the all the things that the machine that this company has to offer in terms of the reach, the training, and I'm sure the company, I'm sure Triple H, Shawn Michaels, everybody is doing everything they can to help her and get her ready. But the pressure is on, and they all know it. There is so much weight that is going to be there on her to succeed and perform in whatever capacity they put her in. Heel, face, raw, smackdown, whatever. Um, that I that I don't envy her. I, I I feel good. I feel good that she's going to knock it out of the park, given that they're slow playing this kind of, but damn the pressure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, she absolutely is going to have to deliver. But I think that they've gotten very good, WWE, that is, at just making sure people are positioned to succeed when they need to. And I, I just look at all the celebrities they've had show up and always mm-hmm. seem to look like absolute rock stars when they have to get in the ring, even if it's only every now and again. Whenever they have to do something, they seem prepared now as opposed to, Poor Jeremy Piven is always the per- first person I think of, uh, you know, not quite being ready to to do what he needed to do. Uh, well, well, well Snooki wasn't exactly catch us catch can material either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to think, what did he call SummerSlam? Is what it was like Summerfest. Summerfest. Yeah. Summerfest. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That was in like 2010. He gets a pass because then three or four years later, in the middle of the ring at WrestleMania 30. Hulk freaking Hogan, who uh, <laughs> built <laughs> WrestleMania, is what was he calling Detroit or the or, or, or what was he calling the Superdome they were in? He he was uh, yeah. botching the name of that, and, and that was <laughs> and that was a big. So if if if, yeah. if the guy who built WrestleMania is standing in the middle of the ring on the 30th anniversary botching uh, names of things, you know, Piven well, can, can quietly go back to Hollywood. At least you didn't botch the name of WrestleMania and only botch the name of the building, you know, you, and it's Hulk. He can get away with it. It, it almost make it feel like he did it on purpose. So, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, um, either way it's, uh, I, nowadays I think people are ready and prepared. I think Jade will be ready and prepared. Um, I feel like this is, well, <laughs> you guys remember, Jeff Harvey, you remember who said that? In a live stand-up on pay-per-view. No, remember remember the ex- yeah, remember who? the experiment of trying the American Gladiators guy, Mike Adamley, and they tried and at oh, first they, right. they tried to have him do serious like bits, and he was like doing like a almost like he was like on the evening news doing like a lead into like a, a video vignette, but it was on Jeff Hardy, but he called him Jeff Harvey. Jeff Harvey. <laughs> now that you brought it up, yeah. It- it comes back and yeah. Mike Adamley was he is the quintessential like a uh, uh, commentary guy that was just not ready for that <laughs> that role. Yeah. Uh it's weird because it feels like that was so, that did went very poorly, but it feels like they continued to try to bring in people from outside of pro wrestling mm-hmm. after that. And it feels like there was always issues with that, but they kept they keep doing it up until recently, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um so very uh very anyways. <laughs> anyway, uh, I will say I had this question for you. Uh, I want to follow back, Justin. I don't know. I feel like this is a Raj question, but um, I'll ask you here. Obviously, Mountain Dew has a partnership with WWE. That's probably why uh, Jade Cargill was there. There was a connection there. But the ring they were in clearly was unbranded in any way for WWE. Do you know? Is there a reason why they didn't try to leverage that in some way? If they're 
they're clearly putting a WWE star in their commercial. Uh, it just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, my best thing that you're right. That is, but Raj would be the one that I would call for that one. Uh, I, my guess would be something with a licensing with, you know, Mountain Dew wants to have a wrestler in a ring, so they're not going to go to AEW and get a wrestler. They're going to go to WWE, but that might that might be different than, hey, we want it to be in a WWE branded ring. That might cost more, or whatever agreement that is or is or is not in place with Mountain Dew and WWE might not involve that. And I mean, I, I, I'd matter it's some legality. I don't, you know, I, I that would be my guess. Um, yeah, but- I. Yeah, I, I just I didn't know if there was. A, I, you're right. It's probably a licensing thing. I just I didn't know if there was like an obvious like, oh yeah, duh. That's because no, go ahead, Justin. I was just gonna say. I mean, they could have done a casting call in Hollywood and just gotten somebody who looks like a wrestler. But no, they they they. I guess because they've had this working relationship with WWE, why not call WWE and say, hey, could is there somebody that we could sure. that that people believe and understand as a wrestler? That is a choice by WWE to to give somebody who's only had one match. If you call the Rumble a fucking formal match on TV, but nonetheless, I, yeah, I would imagine it's a licensing thing. That's um, probably the best. That's, that's probably the best explanation. And, and and it's interesting that they didn't show the actual impact of the. Uh, <laughs> they they kind of cut it right yeah. before she hit the splash. <laughs> right. Um, I'm sure. I feel like there was some uh, computer graphics done there, there too for where they were landing. But um, <laughs> in any case, I do want to say, uh, speaking of. of uh, commercials and things. They had a new WrestleMania XL trailer, uh, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. They showed it again tonight on Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought this looked really cool. I thought it did not have the pro wrestling feel. It had the the big budget blockbuster mm-hmm. show vibe to it. What did you think of this WrestleMania XL trailer? It, it adds a lot of layers now, I mean, and it gives people a lot of questions. And you know, the big debate is what's going to happen at WrestleMania? Who's going to face who? Is it going to go the way they're saying right now? Is it going to be Cody versus Roman? Is it going to be a tag match now? Because of this uh, this teaser trailer, people are saying, oh, we may get a tag match with Cody and, and Seth versus um, uh, Roman and Rock. And could we do that night one and then have something else happen night two? And then, you know, it, it leaves a lot of questions. And the biggest question that people are having is, is this the plan all along? Are they, you know, taking a left turn, as Hunter said in his promo? Are they, are they, you know, card subject to change kind of thing? I look at it this way, if I could explain it really quickly in the best way I can, is you're taking a trip, you're taking a drive, and there's two possible routes to your destination. You're leaving your house. You can take the most direct route and try to get there as quick as possible, or you can take a scenic route. And see a lot of different things and say, hey, we could revisit this. We can revisit that. I think the, the thing here is they're heading to the destination they want to go to, but they're taking a more scenic route to it as opposed to mm-hmm. making it more direct. So that keeps the fans guessing instead of having that. Oh, we know what's going to happen at WrestleMania. So-and-so is going to be so-and-so and we're going to have this. You know, it's got everybody, even the people in the industry who like us going, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen. Hey, and then we pull out the fantasy pencils and start <laughs> figuring, hey, what if this happens? What if that happens? That's fun. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Justin, this was, um, like I said, it's this was just a very cool teaser. This is a very cool trailer. I really dug it. Uh, I'd love your thoughts on it. And um, I also like the fact they didn't tell us specifically uh, how things were going to go. Yeah, I mean, I won't get just yet until the X's and O's of what we think is actually happening still with this, with the puzzle pieces, but just on that trailer. Yeah. It looks, it looks tremendous. It, it's the type of thing that like, um, 
you know, when you go to go to a movie theater right now, and obviously you sit through you know six, seven previews before you get to your featured film. Hell, throw that in the rotation for people. Like let them because that you know throw a Hollywood star like The Rock in there, throw a recognizable uh, wrestling face like Roman Reigns. You know, like and just the production value it had and the feel that it had. It, it quite you know if it, it felt like something even you would see that like Sunday night or Monday night football would do, where they would have like the captains from each football team walking to, to promote tonight's like it had that kind of a feel to it it did not have a um and i don't want to slander my own kind of business but it didn't have there was nothing hokey mm-hmm. or even not hokey there was nothing traditional sunday 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 this fighter in this corner this fighter it, it had it had real emotion it had something it had like more like a movie kind of trailer feel mm-hmm. or you know it's it's so it was well done uh, it leaves questions like are these four all going to be in a match together at on one of these nights uh again we can go in the x's and o's whenever our format allows us to but uh but yeah well <laughs> yeah. done well yeah. done trailer yeah. the yeah. other thing too it did if i may for just for a second here is it took away from that perception from the kickoff show on the thursday night that cody was put in the, uh, not cody seth was put in the background made the defi- minimized Seth to a certain degree. This at least put him in the uh, picture, so to speak, and kind of made him feel like he's part of the puzzle. Whatever that part is, we don't know where he fits yet, but he had he, he at least made more of a presence in this presentation. Yeah, as uh, and I, I agree. And I wanted to shout out uh, Beer Money here, who says, "Remember the Attitude Era WWF Super Bowl commercial? That was great. It was great, and it was really funny. I think the difference here, and, and sort of to Justin's point." That was funny. It was silly. This felt like a serious, like, whoa, what's going on over in WWE right now? What's that all about? Uh, as yeah. opposed to, hey, hey, we're funny, crazy characters. <laughs> yeah, that, that commercial was being filmed at, at Titan Towers and had all the colorful characters, events of Austin, of Kane. Like, so it felt like it summed up the goofy, crazy PG-13 you know, variety show that was the Attitude Era in that time period. Whereas... This trailer, like I said, I, I akin it to like a Sunday Night Football. Pre- this feels like, you know, we we uh, we are top of the top in terms of production value. We have every big name from The Rock to Pat McAfee on commentary to Bad Bunny and Logan Paul. Like like this this kind of yeah, exemplified the tone of what WWE tries to set, which is they are industry leading brand at this point. Yeah, um, you know, and, and right now WWE is obviously riding a high and. Um, I don't want to, I never like putting down any company, um, but there are some reports at AEW uh, over across the way. They've got a lot of signings potentially coming up. Uh, and a lot of people are rumored that Okada is going to be signing there. It's rumored that um, uh, Mercedes Monet will be signing there shortly uh, in their Boston event. Um, uh, Shane Taylor, there's reports that he signed a contract. I thought he already had signed, but apparently that's signed. And, of course, Will Ospreay recently signed, but Dave Meltzer is saying that there seems to be a lack of excitement on a lot of these signings here. And um, I feel like we all have different opinions on maybe why we feel that way. Uh, Justin, I want to kind of kick it to you. And assuming AEW does get these signings, because right now it's still not official as far as I've seen. Uh, Okada, uh, Monet, and then, of course, it is official, Ospreay. Is there a reason you think that these signings aren't maybe generating the buzz that they should be? Or do you think that this is the right amount of buzz they should be getting? 
Well, I, I think that we've we've seen too many times them bring in names, but the effect ha- the, the 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 effect hasn't sustained. I mean, and and, that, and there's so many. I mean, you know, like they, like even Adam Copeland. I mean, you know, he's in there. He, you know, he got there, and and he looks like he's having fun, which good good for him. And I'm sure he's being paid uh, appropriately. But nobody has really. Punk moved the needle in in a, in a lot of measurements, but obviously that came with a lot of baggage and issues that went on there. Uh, they had a good run there. I forget. God, my years get all jumbled now, but it was in September of one of the years <laughs> when you had Adam Cole come over and you had Brian Danielson come over. And, like, we, there, there's been buzz. There, there's been splash signings. But the follow-up just hasn't really been there long-term. So, and then also, you know, I mean, I, I can say from – you know, perspective from just what I can see and the things that, that have, have floated over my fence into my ear, you know, it's tough if you're a talent there, you're everybody that's there is getting paid, you know, pretty well. And it's a better, it's a better situation than, than grinding on the Indies and, and making what you make there and having to hustle, you know, so, the, so every, I think everybody's appreciative of being paid. And, 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 and again, that, that's good on Tony. Tony takes care of talent. That is very clear. So I think everybody likes that. They like the schedule. You know, you're not, you're not bumping four times a week. Um, there's a, there's more freedom to do some of your side hustles, some of the projects. So there's all those pros and perks, but it's also frustrating if you're a talent, you would want to be excited about having a, having a company and a boss that has the ability to spend what he spends to bring in said names, to improve your company and be somebody big for, to, to, for you to potentially work with and to just help the, the, the help, help the building overall, help get seats overall. And it's, if that's not happening and or if that's one more person now that means you're getting less tv time and tv time is already sparse to begin with it creates a lot of conflict and morale it's like i want to be happy this should mean good for me but it's a tough thing but 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 at the same time you're also like well do i want to go back to the indies and, and happy you know, so it's it's a tough thing there's there, you're really i think there's a lot of balance of of, of pros and cons mm-hmm. uh when it comes to morale if you want to be appreciative to have a job and be getting paid and be you know, but you also want to do your craft. Father, Father Time is the ultimate. You know, every week, every month that goes by, it's another week and month you get older as a talent. So it's like, yeah. Jimmy, from a, a fan standpoint, um, because I want your thoughts in general, but just to sort of throw this as a concept out there, as Justin said, mm-hmm. the more people that are there in the locker room, the harder it is to get TV time. And there are a lot of people who have been there, and then someone else comes in and. There's only so many spots uh, available. As a fan, being interested, though, is there something to maybe me to people thinking, look, I've got my favorites. I, I started watching AEW because I liked the people you had. Now more and more people are coming in and they're taking the spots of the people I like. Do you think that maybe big these big signings are turning some people off because these new signings are taking the spots of the people they wanted to see? It could very well be because, you know, obviously we, as we've discussed many times here, AEW caters to a certain fan base, you know, the diehard hardcore wrestling fans. And yes, it's cool to see these, these uh, new signings, these free agents that that are rumored to be coming. Obviously the worst kept secret Mercedes, excuse me, Mercedes Monet after that huge announcement from Tony last week. Um, But at the same time, the problem here is, do these new ones come in, not only take a spot up in the locker room, are they going to move the needle with 
with other than their fan base? Are mm-hmm. they going to increase viewership? Are they going to bring new viewers in? Because you look at someone like an Okada, who's a great talent, but unless you're yeah. a fan of Japanese pro wrestling, you're not very familiar with him. You may have heard the name, you may check him out, you know, or whatever, but at the same time, is he a needle mover? Is, is Shane Taylor a needle mover? Is Mercedes Monet, all, all, with all due respect, you know, has a very popular fan base, but is she a needle mover for the company? Is she going to increase viewership? And with someone like Tony, who's very fixated with, with ratings, we know that, you know, again, is she going to increase or them as a group increase that? But at the same time, to, to answer your question, there is pro, it's, it is the pro wrestling business. And every time you bring someone new in, now you start thinking, oh, this guy, who they bring in this person in, they're going to take my spot. You know what I mean? I don't know mm-hmm. if that's still, still the same mentality in the 2024 locker room, but back in the day, it was when guys would come in and be say, oh, come on, man. It, but it made you work harder to find a spot. Now, it, I think there's a more laxed attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if you're and if you're a talent in AEW that's been there for the last couple of years at least, so you've been through the ride of coming out of the pandemic and this and that, whether you're male talent or female talent now, if you're a talent and you look across the aisle and you see that Cody Rhodes decided to leave, he decided to leave for a reason. He decided to leave the place that he helped found, and Jade Cargo opted, from what I believe, to take less money upfront guaranteed to go to WWE. When you see that, if you're a male or female talent AW to go, huh, one of the founders here and somebody who was given a 60 match win streak and a new title and you know what as she was. Uh and it was it was still flawed in the presentation, but nonetheless, if you see that and you see that okay, they both opted to leave and go over there. And oh my God, Cody is in headlines with the rock and WrestleMania and Jade is being treated she's in Super Bowl commercials before she's even had a singles match. Like, again, that kind of stuff sits with you as a talent, and you're going, all right, well, again, I, I'd be appreciative that you have a job in AEW, but it's like, hmm, what did what? they know? What did what did they know that I don't know? Perception like, What did they reality. see? That, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what I want to point out. Uh, Christopher Munez, by the way, in the chat, mentioning Lexus King as well. Because one thing to say, well, Cody's a star. Jade Cargo's a star. Lexus King uh, was not really a star. Uh, in AEW, he had some time on TV, but I don't think people were, um, you know, I don't think you would have written his name in a top 10 list uh, where now on NXT, he's probably a top 10 on NXT. And I know that there's different levels in WWE, but he's definitely climbing up now. So there's something to that, too. It's um, and, and really quick, tough. Jack, sorry to cut you yeah. off, but, yeah. but there's that other thing. That's the opportunity in WWE to get elevated. For if uh, let's say an Okada came over to WWE and signed with them, it's not only this, there's a different schedule there, you know, it's not the same as, as AEW where you possibly work once a week and you can take the rest of the week off. You know, you, you have to do live events as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe that played a factor in his, in his decision-making. I don't know. But one of the other things too, is Tony is like you said, paying people, Justin, and, and it's good that he's paying people, but is he overpaying? is the other question to get these talents to keep them away from WWE and give the perception that, Hey, look, everybody wants to come here. Yeah. And, and again, right. As of now, as far as I know, I mean, Mercedes heavily implied uh, that she's signed. And I think a lot of people believe Okada signed. I am one of those guys. I don't believe it until I see it on my TV screen. I've been fooled <laughs> way too many times, but um, 
The sheets I, don't lie, brother. I just, <laughs> you know, especially these days, I just feel like I wait till I see it on the screen. Um, I do think Mercedes will, at the very least, get a lot of people to tune in because she has a very rabid fan base. Uh, that I, I think her and Punk may have like the most rabid, rabid fan bases. If you don't believe me, just tweet something negative about Mercedes Monet and see what happens. <laughs> it will not be good, <laughs> but uh, um, I think that that'll give them an opportunity. But again, it's I don't know. It, I'd like to see them do well. I hope that I hope that these people debut if they are going to debut and it's it's a big success for AEW. I enjoy AEW. I just um, I have to agree it doesn't feel like I'm super pumped about these signings as I have been in the past when Justin like what you said when Adam Cole and Brian Danielson show up on the same night and I was like oh my god like jumping up off my couch like Tom Cruise on a talk show talking about falling in love, uh, <laughs> you know. So. Uh, uh yeah hopefully but hopefully this this pops uh, yeah the, yeah uh, i don't know it's just i mean the aw's got a lot of i mean again okada mercedes i mean like i mean that i mean the, this is great great wrestling talent but it, it feels like tony's philosophy is okay again i want to take i'm gonna have these talent under my umbrella so they can't be elsewhere and i again i'm gonna put out great mat great match combinations We've never seen this person versus this person. We've never seen this style or this style. And I just think there's still just a lack of focus on the big story. That's what makes me love. I love the character of Timeless Tony Storm, but that's what also makes me love about the Timeless Tony Storm versus Deanna Perrazzo is that there's a story that they're playing in the backstory. The two, like, it's like, yes, do more of this. But I, but I feel like too often it's just you're going to get a great matchup of this person, this person. And yeah. Is it great X's and O's physicality and athleticism and, and, and can they do 20 minutes? Yes. But again, if, if you have so many of those guys and girls who could all do that, those matches all then start to just become blended in my mind as one. You're not, le- you're not, you're not leaving the building going. It's, it makes it harder for them to stand out. And yeah, there is a section of crowd who wants to see hard hitting, who likes to see sometimes, you know, sell a crazy offensive move. Cause that's a certain stuff, but it's like, that's that's not going to resonate with growing an audience. And if you and look, year over year numbers for every one of his shows is down and down and down. And I know people are cutting cords, and there's all kinds of those different variables, but still, no, they're, they're cutting. They're, it's going down, and WWE's not going down. Yeah, it's like it's like, like my former boss used to say, and used to tell his talent, "This is an entertainment product. We're like a variety show. We have something for everyone." on the show we you know there's comedy there's a song and dance number then there's a serious scene you know you got a little bit of everything and that's that's the thing everything is starting to feel the same but you're right justin i agree i agree with you on that uh yeah so lots of uh we'll love to see again hopefully it all works out but uh we gotta talk about some wwe here and as always i want to give a shout out to everybody who has joined us in the chat whether it be Adam or Tuck or Huffman or Baby or Christopher or Steven or Mike or Daniel or Maria or MDB, Blue Chew and Nelly Belly and Ricky. And uh, we got NYC Demon Diva, by the way. Thanks for coming through, uh, as well as Beer Money, uh, Cornell and uh, Bernie and Jeff Bailey and James and Peter and Bit and No Way and Joycey. Wow, a lot of people. Lance Davis and Safet and King kia christopher mick and uh kod uh mr disaster as well so lots of folks there and the lurkers remember 
Like, comment, share, subscribe. Five-star review. Help Wrestling Inc. out. Um, you know, again, we're doing a new format here, so we're doing a lot of news up front. Um, before we get into the Raw recap specifically, though, of course, Thursday had a lot of big news, and I'm sure our Friday show covered it, but we get a few different uh, viewers here, so I, I wanted to touch on it. Uh, Jimmy, we had mm -hmm. a press conference uh, that set up a lot for um, – for WrestleMania, I'm going to admit going into it, I was like, this is just going to be some filler nonsense. Mm -hmm. This to me was some of the best pro wrestling. We talk about it, entertainment. This was some of the best pro wrestling I've seen in a long time. This press conference absolutely blew me away. What were your takeaways on it? It absolutely did. Uh, you know, we started off, uh, you know, uh, it looked like it was just going to be another filler, like you said. But when we got to that final segment where they brought out Roman and they brought out the, the rock and that, and Seth, well, Seth opened up that segment, you know, Seth is, we're going to get into it about tonight, but anyways, mm -hmm. uh, Seth is just magic on that microphone. He just knows how to do it right. And then Cody coming out without his music, which I mm -hmm. thought was a beautiful touch, something different where he was, because he came out pissed off. And, you know, and they dropped some language, too. And that's the other thing that surprised me, too. The language is a little bit more free-flowing for this thing. And they got into it, and you felt it. You felt real. You felt passion. And, you know, people are saying, you know, well, Rock did this. and They changed it. And on the No. Rock set the table that afternoon on the Pat McAfee show. When he started, mm -hmm. he cut that promo, which, you know, which was pure heel rock calling him Cody crybabies. And you could say, yeah, he was directing it directly at Dave LaGreca. And that's, that's fine. Dave owns that beautifully, but I thought they handled everything other than the fact that, like I said earlier, I thought that Co uh, Seth looked like he got uh, overshadowed a little bit and pushed to the background, but uh, the teaser at, at super just before super bowl, I thought helped bring him back into the mix. And we'll talk about, like you said, uh, tonight's mm -hmm. uh, interaction a little bit later too yeah just we'll talk about that interaction with cody and, and seth tonight but uh just as far as the the press conference goes uh again i i love this and a lot of people have been asking like are they pivoting was this the plan the whole time all this other stuff i keep saying i i don't know what would be more impressive to me that they planned this and it worked or that they were able to pivot this well and make it work this well. Either one, I think, is impressive. I don't know which way would be more impressive, to be totally honest with you. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, they obviously had, there's been some pivoting, obviously, because, you know, Punk gets hurt and he was supposed to be Seth's opponent, from all we can tell. And, you know, Cody at first says, I'm going to challenge you, Roman, but not a mania. But so, I mean, so there, there, there was some pivoting, there's been some reaction. But bottom line, this event, this kickoff event, as they call it, was just a tremendous chess move by WWE. And I, I, I would expect, do it every year. Pick the Thursday before Super Bowl Sunday in that city where all the media is already at and, and do it every year. I, I know they might not have the rock every year, but do it every year for nothing else, just, just to get the word out there. But this entire event was just, it was an hour along, you know, hour and a little bit of change, but our event did not have a pro wrestling ring set up, did not have a pro wrestling match advertised. <laughs> But yet, you got the bare bones of what builds pro wrestling. The talking, the drama. You got that that soap opera unfolded. The talking in the building unfolded on this stage. Crowd was engaged with oohs and with ahs. And as Jimmy mentioned, 
language that you know WWE and even though they still own Peacock, you know, we're, we're censoring it some of it. it. It was language that felt real, you know. It felt it's like okay, this God, this feel. Wow, was Cody supposed to say that? Or Rock just said they disrespected the family? Is that a little, you know, like it? It felt real. It was. It was. Which then made because there was no other physicality, it made the slap from Rock to Cody the biggest deal in the world because that was the only physicality we got in this whole entire event. It like it was the perfect thing if you wanted to bring somebody who wasn't a fan or was a new fan or you're or you're trying to convince. This was the bare bones of what pro wrestling is built on, and they just mm-hmm. knocked it out of the park and did it. Oh, by the way, with one of the most famous actors ever in Hollywood. Yeah. And, yeah. and the other, sorry to cut you off, Jack. And the thing, like you said, they, they came with such passion and it felt, it felt real because it was real because they took, brought in family. It was about family. And I told you this just a long time ago, uh, not a long time ago, but uh, I think a couple of weeks ago when you, you and Jay hood uh, make it about family, make it personal. And that's what it feels like. Personal, you're disrespecting my family. And even at the end of that, when 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 Rock was walking out with Roman and Paul Heyman, and he's walking by Hunter, who's being interviewed, the you know fix this, you know crap. You know you better do something about it, or I will. That put the whole thing over the top. Yeah, and I and I'm sure the Rock probably. I, I'm I'm sure the Rock him dropping the f bomb probably it was him just him doing what felt right in the moment because they, they didn't even include that line in the video package tonight. Um, they included some of the other words he said and they censored him out. But even still in the moment, that felt right. That felt like, wow, this, <laughs> yeah. this feels like he's he's legit salty. Like it felt like the like, come on, Rock does act, he does action, he does comedy. Let's get the man some drama nominations. Mm-hmm. It was there. Yeah. It was it was just so good. And the this is even in today's world, it was perfect because I feel like it's there's so many little clips. For social media of like moments you could just crop out and put that's on your that's your little TikTok thing of just the moment where he yells at hunter or yeah. or uh the the moment where he slaps cody or the moment where cody uh sasses them back you know just right. it, it just and don't, yeah. sorry again sorry to cut you off yeah, again yeah, and don't no, forget no, no, hunter's no. response on friday night on smackdown mm-hmm. where he says i don't care what seat you sit at no there's only one person that runs this place and that's me so it even you, you know it's wow, <laughs> just uh, incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, we're, we're I gotta get we, we're gonna get into the show here now, and uh, I want to start with what I thought was really the biggest moment of the night here, and we're, we've alluded to it enough. Let's just talk about it. Cody Rhodes, uh, when he came out and he thanks the fans for their support and says it's the reason that he's facing Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Uh, then alluded to hitting the rock back at some point. Uh, that's when Seth Rollins comes out and hypes up Cody uh, and says that this is possibly the last chance for anyone to take the title from Roman. Uh, and then Seth asks Cody, what's your plan? Whatever it is, I'll be your shield. Uh, Justin, I feel like I say this every week. This was chef's kiss picture perfect from both men here yeah i mean you know look again seth is certainly the outside man of all this he's the one who you know he you know his his original opponent gets injured as we said with punk he's not 100 percent either with his with his knee um you know he kind of feels like the odd man out in all of this but he but yet and the promos he's been delivering on raw have just been some of the best ever and again tonight with the the, the passion and the delivery and the wording 
Um, first off, you know, he's rallying Cody and and and, and saying, yeah, Cody, you, you're you are our last chance to get this title off this monster to bring it back mm-hmm. to true glory and defense. So rallying like that, basically, basically, you know, basically saying me and all the boys in the locker room, we we need you to win this. So that a number one that, you know, I, I think we can all agree. First off, real quick to both of you. Mania is two nights. That opens up a lot of real estate here, right? But we all, I think we all can agree. Cody is going to fight Roman. That match is happening at Mania. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the question mark then becomes there's another night, so there's more room, and there's all the other subplots here. So that's so. bottom line, Cody versus Roman is happening. So Seth is giving you the rally cry of, we are all behind you because you need to win this. That's great. And then, you know, him saying, Hey, what's your battle plan this time, bud? Last time you got screwed because you got outnumbered. Again, an obvious question that we we're all thinking. Hey, Cody, how are you going to get by that this time? And oh, by the way, the rock's there now. I like that. And then, of course, the wording, you know, Seth taking responsibility for, for the creation of the monster of, of Roman. And I, But I could be your shield. I could be the one guy who, 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 who would know his tricks. And it, it was a tremendous promo. Uh, it was tremendous promo. It, 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 I mean, there was, I can't. I don't. I can't really fault anything of it. Um, so the question I now will pose to you guys is, is: Is okay? So what is it? Because I'll walk you through my mindset, and then you tell me where you guys are at. When Thursday ended, it was like, well, this God, this feels like a tag team situation, right? Rock is clearly aligned with his with his blood and Roman, so it makes no sense to have them have a match in the next two months. That that is that has been pushed down the road, right? Rock and Roman are clearly aligned with their bloodline tree. But Seth standing up for Cody. Okay, so it felt like a tag team situation. That was what I left Thursday night. Then we get to SmackDown Friday, and both the you know, the comments that Triple H made, but also they finally officially announced that Seth is going to have a title match, a title defense at Mania, and it's going to be against whoever wins the chamber. They'd finally announced a men's chamber because. Last week on Raw, they had only announced a women's chamber. Hmm. So we finally found out, okay, there's going to be a men's chamber. So now I'm like, all right, well, so Seth's going to have a singles title match. Do we need him working two matches, especially if his knee's banged up? Right. You know, so 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 I, I left Friday, and I said this on, on Busted Open Sunday, and, I, and I, I, I still stand by it logically, even though tonight I stand by Seth can be a supportive babyface to Cody, but Seth's going to have his own problems. He's going to have to defend his own title. Well, Cody is going to fight Roman. We all agree on that. Cody also needs to punch Rock back, as he mm-hmm. said tonight. Right. So to me, it, I still believe Cody's the guy to work double duty. Cody's the guy to make history on WrestleMania and to be the first one to work both nights. He works Rock the first night on a matter of respect, mm-hmm. and then he works Roman the second night on the matter of the title. I do like that. Yeah, and I gotta say, I love that because everyone has been talking about Roman working two nights, and I always feel like that just Cody beating him after he had a match the night before makes Cody look like he just picked the bones of what someone else did. That makes him look kind of like a chump. Where if Cody goes through both of them, that makes him look like an even bigger hero, which is obviously what we want to see from Mm -hmm. from Cody Rhodes here. Uh, And and Jimmy, I I want your thoughts on on all this and and on Justin's uh, view on this because he makes a good. He makes a ton of points and it actually plays into everything you said at the beginning, which was, I, I know us fans, we want to know where it's going to go, but we have no idea. And that makes it interesting. That's the uh, beauty of it. And so I want your thoughts on all of that, but also I want to add on top of all of that, 
just talk to me about how I don't know if we really appreciate how incredible it is that we have waited for years for The Rock to come back. We've begged for The Rock to come back. He's come back, and we are booing him almost universally mm -hmm. for Cody Rhodes. Like, right. just what that means about who Cody Rhodes is and what he's done. Yes, there's some people who like The Rock still, but, like, you listen to that crowd. That was a Cody Rhodes crowd. Mm -hmm. ask, ask Tony Khan that, too. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's organic <laughs> with, with Cody Rhodes. He has become the face of the company. And you look at his presentation now with the, the way he comes in with the suits. And he's when he's walking to the ring and he's signing autographs for the kids uh, on the way to the ring and stuff like that. Here's a guy who looks like he is the face of the company, the kind of face that the WWE would like to have out there. Yes, it's cool having a heel champion and all that sort of stuff. But you also, uh, you know, as a as a you know, you remember the good old days with Hulk Hogan and stuff like that, but Hulk wasn't as crowd friendly with the crowd, if you know what I mean. Hulk did this whole, you know, from a distance. Cody's very personable, you know what I mean? And and they've gravitated to him so much. And now in this generation in 2024, uh, this generation of, of the enlightened who read the internet. Well, here comes The Rock now. He sits on the board. He's taking a spot away from our guy, the guy we want to see. It's 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 working out perfectly. And Rock is good enough to know when to twist the flip that switch and become heel Rock. And that's mm -hmm. what he's done beautifully here with the Cody Crybaby stuff and all that sort of thing. So I love this road. And, and as far as where they go with WrestleMania, it would be interesting to have that tag match on on the first night. But at the same time, it doesn't make it special for Cody if he if they're more than if it's more than him doing two nights. If Cody ends up finishing the story on the second night, him working double duty makes it more special to work two nights of WrestleMania. If you get my drift, and to finish the story, having to battle the Rock, I mean, to be a man to take on Rock and Roman in the same weekend. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just, and, and you know. let's, let's fantasy book here for a second. Let's say Cody do, uh, does face the rock on the first night and he does beat him. And then rock comes up to, you know, to, to Roman on, you know, they do a little backstage vignette where, Hey, you got to, it's up to you now to finish uh, this for the family, that sort of thing. And, and Roman does this kind of, yeah, I'll do what you couldn't do last night and walks away. And you get that look from the rock, like, Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind of thing. And then you can start setting the table for if you want that Rock Roman match down the road, at least the seed is planted or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, Cornell asking, uh, Rock gets his Hollywood theme back, right? I mean, that's what everyone wants to have happen, right? <laughs> that, that old Hollywood theme. Uh, but yeah, that's one of my favorite parts about the fantasy book and all this too is you look at some of the pieces involved, whether it's The Rock, whether it's Roman and Paul Heyman and everyone in the bloodline, Seth Rollins as well. None of these people are above stabbing their partners in the back. You know, like mm -hmm. even if we fantasy book like, oh, these are the these are the, the sides in the battle lines. Do we know that one of them isn't going to sell someone else out for their own good? And even the Drew McIntyres and peripheral characters. And how are well, they going to get involved? Well, and then there's also the Triple H factor. Like, I don't like, I don't think, I, I legit, I mean, you know, maybe he could take a bump or a strike, but he's not, I don't think 
Paul's in the condition to, to, to work a match anymore, at least not at the level that he'd ever call a match. You know, not never at the level that he would want to be a Triple H match. He has obviously his expectations. So it's like, it sucks. Like, you can't have a Rock versus Triple H match in 2024, even though right now that feels like that would be awesome because we there's all these, there's all this, you know, tri- Triple H is in charge of creative, but Rock's legit on the board. So like, they're, you know, I feel like, I feel like Triple H could uh, escort being Cody's corner and Nick Khan could come out and be in Rock's corner. Like, wow. even though it feels like it's kind of real, we probably can't have Triple H in a match, but but he's still a factor and he's kind of making himself in a factor based upon his promo last Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is, this is, I mean, this is fascinating stuff right now. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, of course, Triple H, obviously uh, in a real position of power, the Rock in a real position of power, they're, they're dividing here. But also, we had some characters like Adam Pierce and uh, Nick mm-hmm. Aldis who have been uh, going at it. So you could even have a very on-camera, like storyline-driven version of like a succession of what if Adam Pierce does something to try to screw over Nick Aldis? You know, mm-hmm. how does that play into things? And it's just so it's, much it's, cool stuff. So, and 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 again, and then obviously that's got the highlight spot and the most attention. And you, but we still have to think about Drew. We have the Elimination Chamber setting up, a, a, you know, his potential opponent for WrestleMania. I uh, not Drew Seth. Uh, I like Drew for that spot because I well, think Drew is doing some fantastic. We talk about Seth Rollins knocking it out of the park. Drew's been knocking it out of the park for the last little while as well. I could see him, and I also have an I, you know the way my brain works here an idea for that match if if you if you yeah. will indulge me just for a minute no, the, for the um the elimination chamber uh no for 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 the wrestlemania match with with drew and seth, if it ends up being drew and seth because well, let's uh yeah, yeah well let's let's talk let, let's um real quick first of all i just gotta say i think seth rollins is one of the most underrated guys in mm-hmm. pro wrestling right now with what he can do in on the microphone it's a shame that there's so many great guys on the microphone because he doesn't get the credit he deserves especially after tonight but uh before we get into to the the drew versus seth potentially at wrestlemania i do want to say we had a couple elimination chamber qualifying matches bronson mm-hmm. reed versus bobby lashley bobby lashley gets the win there and la knight versus ivar with la knight getting the win in that one so they now fill the not fill the chamber up, but Drew McIntyre, uh, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, and uh, L.A. Knight have made their way in. Uh, Jimmy, right back at you. You think Drew McIntyre gets the win? Give me your fantasy booking for Drew versus Seth. It's, it's lining up to be a heck of a, a, a star-studded lineup for the chamber match. I'd, I'd like to see Drew come out of it because, like I said, he he is true old-school heel in 2024, and it's working. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd love to see him go against Seth. And here's my fantasy booking for that match, that, because I think they could have a hell of a match despite hopefully Seth's knee is fine. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. But let's say they have their, their match going in and Drew is working over the knee and the back and really, really putting a beat down on Seth. Then finally, out of nowhere, Seth hits that curb stomp and goes down and sells the knee big time. Mm. Did it again. And, you know, Drew's down selling the, the curbs. I mean, here comes, I know you guys are going to get uh, fans of Damian Priest are going to get pissed off here. Here comes Damian Priest with the money in the bank cash and hands it to the referee. Ladies and gentlemen, Damian Priest is cashing in his money in the bank. This has now become a three-way match. As soon as he slides in under that bottom rope, now depending on who you want to win on this, it works both ways. Have Seth hit him with the curb stomp, 
Then when he sells back up and gets around, there's the Claymore kick. One, two, three, Drew's your new champion. If you're going to keep the title on Seth, you can flip that. When he slides under the ring, because Drew has been having his issues with Damian Priest, as soon as he slides into the ring, there's the Claymore kick, you know, and while he's down getting back up, Drew can hit, again, the second curb stop and take out Drew one, two, three. But that's just, it It gets the money in the bank off of Drew in a way. I know people are going to say, but he, he just entered the match. I know, I get it. But at the same time, do we see Damian Priest actually cashing in for the title at this point? Well, that's, that is an interesting, it is tough because right now the championship picture is just so stacked. Um, of course, uh, Goose Rob in the chat says, rather see Sammy face Seth. Uh, baby, I says, Jimmy's ready to join our heel army. Chat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Justin, um, uh, what's your takeaway from these qualifying matches and where elimination chambers going and thoughts on, on Jimmy's idea here? I, 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 my one, my quick takeaway, I know it doesn't matter in this day and age, but I kind of felt like team raw got cooked tonight. <laughs> team mm -hmm. SmackDown, uh, ran the table on us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I always think the, <laughs> the lines are blurry between the shows, but uh, <laughs> I was surprised that Bronson didn't beat Lashley. I thought, again, just him being Australian, that they they put him in there for the match. I, I know Lashley's a bigger name globally, but I just thought that Bronson would get in. So a little surprised there. Uh, yeah, you know, LA Knight, he he gets in there. He's still over like Rover, but as cool as it would be to see him win the chamber, I, I don't think him winning the title from a babyface champion and Seth is the right move. That's just not – that's not – LA Knight's got world championship material some somewhere down the line, but he needs to beat a heel. Um, I agree. I think Drew's probably the foregone conclusion of who comes out of chamber and who challenges Seth for the title at Mania. Um, my belief is one way or the other, Mania is the end of the line for Seth. Even if his knee is well enough to where he's able to do a match, this guy deserves a break. <laughs> he's <laughs> been the workhorse. Let him have a little bit of time off. So get the title off and my question then becomes does drew beat seth and and you know and drew holds it for you know and has you know and certainly drew's earned it you know does drew win it and hold it and and then he's 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 been taking so many shots of punk does he hold it until punk can come back sometime in the summertime or does drew and or seth one of them victorious in mania and then here comes priest and priest just squashes one of the other one either way uh, and Priest goes into the post-mania season as champion. Remember, Priest got that type, got that briefcase uh, last June, so his his clock is ticking. His clock is coming up on having to use that cash in. So, one way or the other, I think it's Drew versus Seth, and then it's just a matter of where do we go outside after that? Do we, you know, is it Drew making a run for a little bit? Is it is it Priest casting him? But I, I think let's let let Seth go home and have a few weeks off. For Christ's sakes, I think he he's earned it, you know. Yeah. yeah, and I do feel like he's gonna try to get through Mania, and then yeah, probably rehab for for a bit and and heal up a little bit. But I mean, it's yeah, that world title picture. You, you, both of them are is so hot. Like it's so tough because yeah, LA Knight feels like he's the guy, but at the same time, like, well, there's a bottleneck right now of people who. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't. I just don't and, know. And, and there's still the U.S. title picture with Logan Paul. Maybe maybe Knight comes into that to get Knight a title. Because again, I go real quick back to Rollins real quick. You you need to get get Rollins some time off because he he's earned it. 
get him 100% healthy because because sometime this summer punk will be back mm-hmm. and when punk's ready to go you want seth ready to go so we can pick back up and get i mean like i saw seth had an interview over this 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 media weekend where he said if i was in ufc i'd probably do better than punk did like i mm-hmm. mean so they're not letting this down they are keeping this they're keeping the the darts going so if I'm Triple H, I'm thinking, here's one of my big SummerSlam matches. Yep. But you need him healthy. And there's always the risk if you ask Seth to stick around that Seth gets injured again or more injured or whatever. So get the title off of him. You have options. Let him heal up. And you pick up the phone later in the summertime. And when you call him and say, hey, all right, how are you? You good? Great. Punk's ready to go. SummerSlam. Let's do this. It's crazy how we are going to have two nights of WrestleMania, and I feel like there are still huge names that may not make it because of how many big names are going to be on it. Because it does make you think, well, what's what's LA Knight going to do? And then I know a lot of people say like the Logan Paul, but then okay, what's Gunther going to do? Then what's uh, you know what's Randy Orton going to do? I what's, feel bad for Gunther. Gunther wanted his match versus Brock. He was going to have Brock, and uh, Brock's being erased. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that would have been a big elevation for him. Let's put it that way against Brock. But uh, hey, there, it looks like another star on the horizon, and we didn't talk about Jey Uso. The people are—he's being backed by the people. They love him. Well, you know, it's—it's it's almost like you're looking at my notes here, Jimmy, because I—I w- I did want to talk about that New Day uh, versus Jey Uso and Imperium match, three-segment match, uh, good one as usual. Uh, came down to Uso pinning Giovanni. Uh, it does see now, now Jimmy Jay Uso is getting a title shot next week is what they've <sighs> said. Yeah. Now I'll, I'll tell you this, any other time I would have said, he's not losing it on a random Monday night raw. This isn't how it's going to go down, but because there's a lot of stuff going on and there's a lot of openings in WWE, it wouldn't necessarily, I don't. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Jay Uso could possibly take the title next week. Am I crazy to say that, or is there possibly a threat to Gunther's title, or no. is there no threat? I, you know what, you've got me thinking now because I didn't think that way because I I thought this was leading towards a WrestleMania match for Gunther mm-hmm. and Jay Uso to fill in that void left by Brock. Now they're putting it on TV next week on Monday night. Now, because of what you just said, it made me go, hmm, it wouldn't be such a bad idea to do that because he's already surpassed that that line that he is the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time. So that mm-hmm. barrier has been broken. So that's that's no longer in play. Yes, Gunther could, could say, yes, I'm going to, continue this legacy for as long as possible. But at the same time, you've got somebody who's got some steam behind him in Jay, in Jay Uso main event, mm-hmm. Jay Uso to the point, even Pat McAfee standing on the table and doing the, uh, the hand thing and all that sort yeah. of stuff. The, the entire crowd was with it, you know? So he's got something. You got me thinking that it could be a possibility next week. Look, Jay's worthy. He's got the crowd. Next week they're in Anaheim, so you know it's essentially Los Angeles. It's a big market, so yeah, all the pieces are in place. But the problem that I have is okay, Jay Uso, Jay Uso beats Gunther next week, dethrones him, becomes the new IC champion. What does Gunther do for Mania? 
he has to have some big match at Mania. And again, uh, you know, we don't know what was going to happen. We all, you know, but if Gunther had some interaction with Brock and Brock eliminated him or he eliminated Brock at, at Rumble, right? I could believe in Gunther losing to Jay on this Raw. And then after that Raw, stuff with he and Brock picks back up because there's a, there's a grudge, there's beef from Rumble. And that's when then we have this grudge match at Mania. But if Brock's not of an available factor, which we don't think he is, like what does Gunther do? Like does Braun Breaker show up? Who's who, you know, who's he's being bid on by the GMs? Does Braun Breaker get signed? And and, and do you have a Braun Breaker? Ver- like I just that's my thing. Is like if Gunther's going to lose that title, you have to have something. You can't have the guy who just had a 600 day run not be featured in a match on Mania, whether he's champion or not. He has to be featured. So it's like that's that's my question. Gunther versus Randy Orton. What's the story? But 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 maybe, like you have to have a match for Gunther. That's my thing, for Mania. Yeah, Gunther absolutely has to be on there. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's a lot of ways it could go. I don't know. We'll have to see how that plays out. Um, as far as the rest of the show goes, we had um, Liv Morgan. She qualified for Elimination Chamber as well. But Becky Lynch, who's also qualified, uh, says that um, that she's going to show the world that she's more aggressive than anyone could ever imagine. Nia Jax comes out and says, it's going to come down to her and uh, Becky at WrestleMania. But Rhea Ripley finally gets Nia Jax. Uh, Jimmy for the, for the, this almost feels like the opposite of the men's rumble in a lot of ways. It feels like it. And I've been wrong many times. We're kind of just getting ready for Becky versus Rhea Ripley. And all this is just, we're waiting for this to untangle itself for that to happen. Uh, do you think that that's, am I right for one or like, or should I pump the brakes? Like everyone should have pumped the brakes on the rock coming back uh, and, and his involvement, or is this just kind of, we're waiting until we get to where we all know we're going. It probably, it feels that way. It feels like it is leading to Becky versus Rhea at, at WrestleMania. But at the same time, she even acknowledged it tonight in her promo that, you know, people are seeing are backing Rhea. And mm-hmm. again, there's now you're entering that, that muddy water, that kind of like, Oh boy, it's kind of like baby face versus you know, baby face. Are you going to split the crowd? What kind of reaction are you going to get during this match? Because uh, it's not like the true antagonist versus protagonist that, that wrestling was built on over the years. So you, the, the only risk you run there is who is the crowd going to back? And also depending on who you think is going to go over, if that is the match, at least if it was a surprise win by Nia Jax at Elimination Chamber, which I don't see happening, but I'm just saying, what if you mm-hmm. get Becky getting her receipt on Nia, so to speak? Yeah, Justin, it feels like there's more. I feel like there's more who may win in Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax than I do in the Elimination Chamber. And to be fair, there's not that many people in the Elimination Chamber yet. We don't know everybody. But I feel like if Becky doesn't win, then I just really don't understand what her role is right now. No, I mean, I, I, it feels like it's a foregone conclusion that Becky's winning that chamber. Um, Nia versus Rhea in Australia will be fun, given the support that Nia is going to have in her home country. But I, I can't see her losing that. Um you know, you guys know I'm. I am so huge on Naya. 
And uh, did you know? And again, I've been talking and preaching about she's making that turn. She's 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 she's. Did you guys notice tonight? She was not pictured once tonight with the Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. Judgment Day was backstage. Mm-hmm. Judgment Day was in the ring. She wasn't with him once. She she had the same colors on. That's about it. That's right. um, happening. She's they are they, uh, the off the creative is finally embracing that she is. People want to cheer, mommy, mm-hmm. and that's happening. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, one of the the thing, last things I really wanted to touch on was our truth uh, and JD McDonough. They have a match. JD finally wins a match. I, I don't think I've ever seen him win a, a match on the main roster in a solo <laughs> match. Uh, but our uh, truth is officially out of Judgment Day, um, and then DIY or DX, depending on who you ask, come to save him. <laughs> um, uh, Justin, very fun bit backstage calling DIY DX, but. I'll be honest, this whole group feels like it's definitely on its its final days. Yeah, I mean, I mean it is what it is. I, yeah, I don't know what what the long game is, but um truth's fun. Yeah, D, I mean DIY they they weren't in action tonight, but they've had momentum recently on TV in terms of in the tag team division rising up the ranks, so we'll see. Um but yeah, JD McDonough most much needed TV win. Shinsuke Nakamura much needed TV win. So yeah. I'm glad we got mm-hmm. it for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jimmy. Any thoughts on our uh, truth Judgment Day? Uh, did you do you want to see them continue this? Are you ready for it to wrap up? Any final thoughts on uh, that portion? And then we'll we'll call it a we'll wrap up the rest of the show. No, I think it, it, it's time for it to come to an end. Uh, I think uh, not only just the our truth portion, but the entire Judgment Day portion for that that faction to explode. And mm-hmm. you know, beginning with Rhea. You know, like you yeah. said, Justin, you know, the, the, the separation seems like it's already there. Now we just have to give the, you know, the audience that what happened here, give them that little bit. Like, uh, I, I'm not sure if you mentioned it, Justin, a little while back where uh, she dumps Dominic. Or, 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 or snaky Dom Dom's caught hanging out with somebody else. Yeah, you never Nia know. Jacks. Yeah, and that. That sets off a, a fuse and and you know throw the grenade in the room so to speak, with the, with the uh, judgment day. But uh, you know, truth is entertaining enough. He I I love truth. He he make, he, he makes like if I wasn't uh, even Damian Priest said it. He's the one guy who makes him break character because he's mm-hmm. so much fun. You know, and 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 he can do it with anybody. It doesn't matter. Put him anywhere and with anyone, and he can do it. So why not? Yep. Move on. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, everyone in the chat, let me know your final thoughts on the show. Let us also know, and seriously in the comments, uh, let us know what you think about the new format. Of course, we're a bit more news-heavy up front, and then we go through the show a bit more big stuff uh, up top, and then the the stuff that maybe wasn't as big. Sort of just let it wash out. Uh, Justin, overall final thoughts on the show, and um, any thoughts to add on Sami Zayn and Shinsuke or or Drew McIntyre or Andrade or any of the other stuff that we – well, over. Uh, the Andrade video was nice. Again, nice video vignette to kind of again uh, reset with, with you know we saw him at Rumble, but nice a nice reset of who he is, and uh, I like to see more of him. But yeah, I mean it was an okay raw. It was not the best raw, but it was, it, it's one of those raws that's kind of transitional. You know, we're coming off of a big Thursday presser event, big SmackDown, uh, and then next SmackDown Rockin is gonna be there again. So it's this was kind of transitional, but they kept the stories moving. It was what it was. Um, yeah, I mean they're 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 
they're uh, they're shifting gears. They're not yet in, the, in that fourth gear yet. They're shifting here on the road to Mania. It's, it's a lot of exciting stuff. So uh, very cool. Uh, follow me at Justin Lavar across the socials uh, here on Monday nights with you guys on Wrestling Inc. Every uh, Friday mornings, uh, I have my spar with Labar segment on Busted Open with Dave LaGreca and Thunder Rosa. And then I have the entire three hours, myself and Jonathan Hood, three hours, 9 a.m. to noon, Busted Open on Sundays on Sirius XM. You can listen live. Uh, if you can't listen live, you can download the Sirius XM app. You can listen to the show on demand. So you can fast forward through all three hours to the topic you want, or they condense the best 45 minutes and turn it into a podcast which you can get on all your podcast forms. So plenty of ways to consume it. Uh, it's it's a great uh, a great show, a lot of great content, so I encourage you to check it out. Definitely recommend everyone check that out. And Jimmy, uh, by the way, real quick, I want to give a shout-out to Carl, who's a great show, first-time listener. Thanks so much for uh, Thanks, joining Carl. us, Carl. Oh, Carl LeDuc, uh, that's, that's uh, from the LeDuc family. He's uh, uh, from, you talk about Bloodline. Bloodsport? Blood no, the Bloodline. The, uh, Joe LaDuke, uh, and, uh, Oh, yes. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's a, wow. yeah. Yeah. And now I, cool. I, I messed up. Who is, I can't remember who, uh, the, uh, the, uh, Frank Dukes, Frank Dukes, uh, is, is no. Dukes, not LaDuke. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyways, um, but anyway, so that, uh, for me, you can find me at real Jack farmer across all social media mm-hmm. and all the stuff I'm working on. I'm going to be doing, um, commentary for prestige wrestling here in Los Angeles on the 25th. And that's going to be a banger of a card. It's going to have, uh, Mustafa Ali on it. Jordan Grace is going to be there. Chris Saban, tiger mask. It's going to be a really, really cool show. So check that out. I think it's, it's on a uh, IWTV. You can order it there. Uh, that'll be a fun thing. And also I will be on, uh, of course, as usual, back on the AEW after show here on wrestling Inc. So we'll chat all about everything that goes down over there. Yeah. Oh, no, do uh, I, no, I'm, do, do I get, yeah. to get my stuff in too? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, yeah. What was, uh, sorry. Yeah. What was, uh, your no, lo- no. Looking forward, looking forward to Wednesday, uh, Wednesday with you, Jack, gentlemen, Jack farmer and, uh, Issa, you, you can find me on Wednesday nights with you guys and uh, here triple J on Monday nights, which when we break it down, so to speak, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm stealing, gimmicks again but you can yeah. find me across all my social platforms uh, you know <laughs> like i said <laughs> the roughing it up podcast with my good brother in stripes uh brian hebner and i and rj who holds it all together uh we have a blast doing that we got shark boy this week we talked to trevor murdoch last week oh man uh had a lot of fun and hearing some fun stories from him and you know my rough and rants that i do daily from monday to friday just you know my little critiques i get to nitpick you know like i said Tighten the screws that I think need to be tightened, and the opinions expressed here are my own and not those of uh, Wrestling Inc. or anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, those are always really fun to watch as well, uh, as well as well. Reffing it up is always a real treat to listen to. So everyone should definitely check that out when I'm not cutting off Jimmy before his chance to. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Just... <laughs> hey. Sorry. Get Carl, where, 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 where was your WrestleMania match you refed, Jack? Yeah. You're cutting off the man. <laughs> hey, I was always told, get your mm-mm, brother. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're not allowed to say that word anymore. I, I said earlier, I was almost like, get your, I was like, oh, we're not allowed to say that anymore. Yeah, get yeah, your stuff in. We got rules. Get your stuff in, yeah. We got rules. We're, prof- we're professional broadcasters. Yeah, I, don't give, I don't give a flying <laughs> fernum what you think. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you guys can hear more of these. Well, it seems to be the officer problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
guys we're 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 tuning out here check out the wrestling inc after show uh tomorrow <laughs> after nxt we'll see you there till next time this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.